Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode four of the Transformation Podcast. My name is Richard, and I am your host for the show, and I'll be talking about the progress I've made and um, will hopefully continue to make um, toward achieving my goal of going to, um, of trekking to Everest Base Camp, Mount Everest Base Camp in Nepal in November 2023. Um, That's coming up in about 10 months and when I started this podcast, uh, that was back in mid-August of this year and these four months have really gone by very quickly. And when I started, you know, I was thinking, originally I thought I had 15 months to go, and I miscalculated, and it was really 14 months. Um, But still I thought, well, you know, it's kind of around the corner, but, you know, it's 14 months away, so I still have a lot of time. Um, But these past four months have gone by very, very quickly, and here I am with 10 months to go. So I am well under a year left to prepare for this. And that might sound odd, but to be preparing so long, I don't know if it is or not. Um, I don't, you know, trekking is new to me and high altitude trekking is very new to me. And so I don't know what people do to prepare for this. I mean, I'm trying to find out and I'm reading a lot and I'm researching, but I really don't know what time frames, I guess they're all over the place, I imagine. Some are longer than others, some shorter than others, but it just seems to me to be common sense to plan as far ahead in advance as you can with something of this magnitude. And and again, maybe it's not you know a big deal to some people, but to me it's pretty huge. And there are a lot of moving parts and many more than I anticipated. I, I knew that there would be um, a lot of things going on related to it, but as I move through the process of getting ready, I'm finding there are just a lot of little things that come up, and, you know, a lot of those are beyond the scope of, of this podcast. They're just, you know, some are very minor, but important nonetheless. So, Um, I recently released episode three and um, I was not planning on doing another one by the end of this year, but I was thinking about it and I addressed some specific issues in episode three and uh, I thought it would be a good idea to do one more episode for this year and that'll kind of keep, you know, put me on track. I was thinking maybe one episode a month until I, you know, go on the track. And so I fell behind, and um, so by doing this episode, episode four, that will be an average of one a month since I started, so I'll be kind of on track, and then I will keep up that pace throughout 2023, and I may do it more frequently as we get into late, um, late summer, mid to late summer, just because, you know, things will really be heating up and um, I'll be getting much, much closer to um, um, leaving for the track for Nepal. So what I wanted to do in this episode is I want to um, address uh, some things in my progress that I didn't address before. Primarily, I've been talking a lot about my feet and 
you know, the foot health issues I have and some of the obstacles I've had to overcome. And those are very big issues for me. And I'm at a little bit of a disadvantage, I think, on this trek because of that. So, I, you know, I've been putting a lot of energy and focus on my feet and, and trying to get them into shape. So I've made a ton of progress on that front, although it's kind of ironic in um, strengthening my feet over the past few months, they feel stronger than they've ever felt or than they've felt for a long time. Um, but at the same time, I've uncovered, because I'm using them a bit differently than I was, um, a couple of other issues I have with them and, um, you know, pain and so forth. So that's probably normal, you know, when you start exercising more, um, little things start to creak and groan. And so I think that's what I'm experiencing with my feet. So I'm just experiencing a few things with them that I have never experienced before. So in concert with the existing issues I have, um, it's quite a bit, but I, I think it's under control right now. And I just have to be steadfast in my um, commitment to getting them in tip top shape for the trek. So. I've been concentrating a lot on that, so I just wanted to talk about some of the smaller points um, as they relate to um, achieving my goal of going to base camp. So as I mentioned before, I have 11 lists and there are all kinds of things in within those lists. So I, what I do is I go back and forth and I you know, kind of deal with one list and one issue within that list. And then I jump to another and I kind of go back and forth. So that's kind of what I'm going to do right now. And this is really just kind of a wrap up. Um, and it's accounting and accounting uh, for me, kind of a year end, a 2022 year end accounting of the progress I've made, what my goals um, are specific to these lists and ultimately specific to um, success on the track. So I think the first thing, um, well, one other thing I wanted to mention, you know, episode three, I think I, I listened to it again and I had a very, in my opinion, a very pessimistic tone. And if you listen to that episode, it'll kind of explain why, you know, I was taking that tone, um, as I recorded it. So that's another reason I'm doing episode four, um, so quickly, so soon, because I feel a little bit more optimistic now than I did when I made episode three. And I just, so I, I guess I'm just trying to, um, to kind of make up for that pessimistic episode I published. Um, so having said that, I'm going to talk about my tasks list. And, um, so there are a bunch of things on my tasks list. Um, one of them is uh, my vision and typically because of my type 2 diabetes I am really good about getting um, a full exam every year with an optometrist and an ophthalmologist and I usually have my eyes dilated and one of the main reasons I do that is because uh, diabetes, type 2 diabetes can affect blood vessels in your retina and eventually that can lead to blurred vision and floaters um, and other complications so 
that is called diabetic retinopathy. And so I go to these exams once a year to make sure that my my eyes look okay. And since I've been diagnosed almost four years ago, um, they look good every time. So I'm really happy with my with my eye health. I'm nearsighted, so I wear contact lenses, and I also get a new prescription for those and for glasses every year. So I have an appointment. My next appointment is set for mid-January for my checkup or my exam. So that will cover me for the year, and um, I will get new prescriptions. I'll get some new lenses, and then I will probably get a new supply of lenses um, during the summer or earlier. Um, one of the things about contacts that I've read at high altitude is that sometimes they, um, they freeze. So what some people do is they kind of keep their lenses, if they're not in their eyes, they keep them like on their person, like in a jacket pocket or something to keep them warm. So that's kind of an odd thing. So I'm trying to figure out what the best way to approach that is. I certainly don't want my lenses to freeze up there because I, I do want to use them. And um, I will take glasses, but my preference is to use contact lenses. Aside from that, I, don't, I haven't run across any issues, any real issues that people have had using um, contact lenses at altitude. So anyway, that's what I'm doing on that front, um, getting my exam in January. <clears throat> and um, you know, to avoid that diabetic retinopathy, um, blood sugar control, is super important. So I've been really good about um, keeping my sugar intake down and my carb intake. And my I had mentioned in the last episode, my A1C was um, 6.1 in mid-November. And so I am hoping to keep it at or around that level throughout 2023 as we approach my departure date. Um, so that is it on the vision front. Um, another thing I have to take care of is, oh, so I have to have two of my wisdom teeth extracted. And they are, I don't have any problems with them. I don't feel any pain or anything, but they are kind of poking through. And according to my dentist, they, you know, they should come out because if they don't, they can cause problem, you know, they can cause pain and complications and problems at any time. So if I were, say, you know, trekking at high altitude and all of a sudden I had an issue with tooth pain, that would not be good and that would blow up the entire thing. So um, as far as dental stuff goes, you know, I need to do everything I can and that I should be doing in preparation for this. So um, typically, being the procrastinator I am, I would put off having those wisdom teeth extracted because I don't want to go through that experience, but I have to do it. So I am waiting to hear back on when I can do that. I was supposed to actually do it in, in this month, December, but um, I guess I couldn't get in. I didn't hear back. And appointments are kind of scarce for that. So um, I should be getting it done sometime in January. So uh, that's that on the dental front. So I've been working on that. Um, I've also been, um, well, let me go back. So I talked about my immunizations. Um, 
I don't think there's anything new I need to talk about then about that. So um, I will skip that for now. Um, so I think I'm gonna go to my gear list, my needs list, and um, as I'm looking through it. So this needs list, I've kind of included gear, and I have a small section of travel documents up top. So um, I still have to get my tickets to cap my ticket to Kathmandu, and I think just recently I've been able to price flights for late October, early November. Um, I wasn't able to do that a few months ago because it was too far out, but looks like now you know airfare for a typical. Uh, ticket is about $1,400, so that seems to be about the standard, and that's typically a one-stop flight anywhere from, you know, 20, 22 hours uh, and up, and um, that's with one stop. So that's probably the best I am going to be able to do when it comes to flying to Kathmandu, I'm sure I'm going to have to make a stop. Um, and let's see, talked about, so I need a visa, a visitor's visa, which, um, for Nepal, which I can get it at, at the airport in Kathmandu, but if I do that, my understanding is that it could take hours to get, and it's just something really unpleasant that, um, you know, if you go, th you know, if you have to wait in line for three hours or something after a long flight, that just doesn't sound like a lot of fun. So I think I can get the visa here prior to going. So I certainly will do that. Um, I have to get travel insurance and evacuation insurance. And that um, I would get probably at the time that I book uh, the tour with with whatever guide I go with and I talked about guides in the last episode So I won't go over that again, but um, I've definitely decided that I'm going to get travel insurance and evacuation insurance Just so I'm covered. I think the evacuation insurance is like $150 and um, Which is not bad if you have to get flown out by a helicopter I think that covers all the expenses for that like a hundred percent so there's an outfit called World Nomads and everybody seems to use them for travel and or at least evacuation insurance. I'm not sure about the travel insurance part, but um, I will be getting both of those, a policy for both travel and evacuation. Um, and then let's see, I think one idea I had was getting a letter from my doctor regarding my medical issues, just so I have it on me in case something happens. You know, at least I have something kind of official from a doctor stating what my my uh, what my health issues are. Um, so as I'm looking at my list, um, I have picked up a lot of stuff, and I had some some of the other stuff or some of the stuff I needed. Um, but I actually, the other day, I pulled everything out that I've kind of gathered for the, you know, for the track. Because I'm keeping it all in one spot. And I kind of laid it out and I was doing it. In fact, it was just a couple days ago and I was in a kind of a, you know, a crummy mood. And I wasn't feeling super motivated. So I decided to pull all the stuff out and I kind of laid it all out. And, you know, I was just looking at it and trying to get 
motivated and, you know, telling myself that, you know, look, I've done all this work and um, I can't, you know, I can't start slacking. I have to keep moving forward aggressively. At least I feel I do. So <clears throat> I was just kind of looking at all the stuff I got and I, I, I've really gathered a lot of stuff. Um, and I think I'm pretty well organized with it. Um, there are still a lot of things I have to get though. And some of those are the big items. Um, and some of them I can rent when I'm in Kathmandu or Namchi Bazaar, which is um, kind of a major, the major village on the trek between Lukla and base camp. And so I can rent some stuff there and I've heard really good stories. I've read a lot of really good stories and experiences about, about renting and then others um, have not been so good and the biggest complaint the biggest con about renting seems to be you know that most of the gear that's rented out is you know they're knockoffs so instead of say a North Face jacket or a Patagonia jacket you're getting some knockoff which I think in the bitter cold like if, if you're trekking in the winter like January February you don't want one of those knockoffs most people seem to feel like whatever you rent there is fine if you're going in the fall, which I'm planning to, or spring, which is, I think, the most popular time to go. So anyway, I don't know. I don't really like the idea of renting when I'm there just because you never know. I mean, the pickings could be slim or you might not find what you like or what you need. And it just seems kind of risky Although my understanding is that Kathmandu and Namchi Bazaar are just loaded with gear shops. And I've seen them on, you know, YouTube and videos and stuff. So I know it's true, but it's just something about like going there, uh, you know, counting on renting stuff there. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I'm a little, uh, being a little cautious about that. So ideally I'd like to take my stuff with me, but you know, the big things I need still are, I need a, I need a really good sleeping bag. And I think the minimum I could get away with is a 20 degree bag. Most sources I'm reading say get a zero degree sleeping bag and I need a liner. Um, I need a large duffel bag, which would should be, you know, 65, 70 liters at least. And then a medium duffel bag, which I guess would be about 45 liters. Um, I don't have those. I have my glacier glasses. Um, I'm not going to mention all the small stuff. Um, I need a power converter and adapter, not just an adapter, but also a converter to convert voltage. Um, I think I have one picked out. I think I know which one I'm going to get. There are a million of them out there. Um, but I think I found one by Anchor that I'm going to get or I'm going to look for. Um, so as I'm looking here, uh, there are just a lot of small things. So, and then aside from the sleeping bag, and the duffel bags, the big items are clothing. So I need, you know, some cold layer weather or layer clothing. 
Most of them will be wool, merino wool, or some kind of blend. And so some of that stuff's really expensive. Um, so I'm not sure how I'm going to approach that. Um, I pretty much, I have a list of what I need. So over the next 10 months, I'm just gonna, you know, when I can, I'm just gonna try to pick off, you know, one at a time and just, you know, get what I need. I might be able to borrow a jacket, um, a heavy duty down jacket, which would be great because those are like really, I mean, the good ones are really expensive and I think you know, you want the fill to be at least 700, you know, 700 down, a 700 fill down jacket. Um, and those are really expensive. And I don't think I really need one of those here locally. So I don't know what I'm going to do about that. But anyway, so those are the big items that are left. Um, clothing, sleeping bag, duffel bags. Um, the duffel bags should be weatherproof, so those are also um, a little bit pricey, but I think I can borrow those. I think I have, um, I have a good friend who said I could borrow, so um, I should be able to do that. And then there are a bunch of other things. So um, I'm definitely working on my needs list, and I got a, jump, a good jump on, on that. Um, next I'll go to a first aid kit. So. First aid kit would be pretty basic, but there's, you know, <laughs> now that I make the list and I'm looking at it, I have it in front of me, there's like a lot of stuff that I have on this list. And so this first aid kit that's going to go in my day pack as I trek every day, um, it's not going to be that small. I mean, I'm, I'm going to keep it small, but I don't know. I'm just looking at a lot of this stuff and most of the stuff is, you know, is strongly suggested by just about every site that I that I visit on the on the internet so anyway um, I'm getting a first aid kit together but that's that's all pretty easy stuff and so I'm not stressing about that at all of course um, I have a little kit bag that I'm going to use for it so when the time comes um, I will just finish putting that together that will be easy um, taking a small repair kit uh, with a very small basic sewing kit in case any of my gear rips or tears and I'm going to take a little crazy glue and a little duct tape and a small pair of scissors um, so that'll be my repair kit toiletries just all the basic stuff um, and I will get those together and here I am back at um, my clothing list which I went over um, yeah I don't know I'm thinking about gators I don't know how slushy and muddy it's going to be up up there at that time of year, but I like the idea of gaiters, which are kind of covers that you attach to your feet to the outer um, portion of your hiking boots, and they kind of go up your ankles to keep mud and rocks and stuff out. So um, I don't even know why I'm mentioning that, but I saw it here on the list. Oh, I know why, because I have a question mark after it, uh, kind of asking myself, you know, do I want to take that? So, um, anyway, I might take gaiters, um, along with my footwear. Um, and then, you know, a bunch of socks. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff on the clothing list. That is the big one. Um, and then small stuff. You know, I'm going to take a book and a small journal and a pen, a deck of cards, 
Uh, might take a crossword puzzle book. Little um, entertainment. Cards might be might be cool. My understanding is that at some of the tea houses in the evening, you know, there are going to be a lot of people up there. I think it's not going to be like it's not going to be uh, not going to be isolated up there at all. I think I'm going to meet a lot of people from all over the place and. My understanding is that in the tea houses where everybody sits around at night and keeps warm by the by the fire that is uh, generated from yak dung, um, a lot of people kind of play games and play cards. So um, kind of looking forward to that. It sounds like fun. Um, so I think that's it when it comes to the needs. Um, anyway. Just all this is just to kind of say, you know, that I'm just trying to reaffirm to myself that, you know, I've been I've been doing a lot of work on this stuff and a lot of research and reading. So um, this is not a fly by the seat of my pants kind of thing. Um, I'm really putting a ton of time and effort into this, and um, and I know it's worth it. And that is why I am continuing to talk about my lists. Um, you know, at the same time though, I want to, I need to kind of keep things in check and not stress too much about a lot of this, uh, you know, a lot of this stuff. Um, like I just mentioned the, the first aid kit, you know, maybe I'm stressing too much about that, you know, even mentioning that there's a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, so what? I mean, it's a first aid kit. So, um, sometimes I think I spend too much time, you know, digging into the minutia on a lot of things. Um, and kind of rents a little too much space in my head at times. Um, a good example of that is the question of trekking poles. So I had decided quite a while ago that I wanted to take a pair of trekking poles. Some people do, some don't. I'm of the opinion after reading all the stuff that I've read that they are um, extremely valuable up there. And again, when it comes to my feet and my legs, but really my feet, um, I have to do everything I can to minimize the impact on them. And I know that I'm not going to get, um, you know, I, I can't minimize it down to zero, but um, there is going to be some discomfort and long days and all that. But I have to minimize the impact to my feet as much as possible. And um, my understanding is that trekking poles are invaluable, particularly on the descent after, after you reach base camp. So you spend about nine days trekking up to base camp, and that includes a couple, at least two days of uh, acclimatization, which is an extra night at one of the tea houses along the way. Um, but when you come down, you come down like in the span of within the span of I think it's three days. So you're doing 13 miles or so a day. It's almost 40 miles each way. So you're doing 13 plus miles. Uh, or, or about 13 miles average per day on the way down. And there is some elevation gain as you come down because it uh, you know undulates. But primarily you are descending, you're going down and, and from what I'm reading, there's you know there's a lot of downhill walking. So that can be particularly brutal on your knees. Um, what I found out, when I started hiking in August was that it can also be brutal on your toes. 
So when I went on my first, what I consider a big hike, I did a nine mile hike and I think it was, I mean, this was early on, so I was not ready for a nine mile hike and I was really tired after. But the uh, hiking shoes I was wearing, they were fine, they felt great, they fit and all that, but you know, I think my feet swelled a little bit, which I didn't think about and account for. And um, I just didn't realize that such a newbie, I didn't realize that, you know, when you're doing big hikes like that, you're kind of supposed to have some extra room in the toe box to account for things like descending. So I didn't do that. And um, at the end of that hike, uh, my feet really hurt, my toes, you know, a couple toes on each foot really hurt. And then um, a few days later, I went on another hike and it was like five miles or so in the same shoes and I just did the same exact thing. I didn't pay attention because I was just, you know, completely ignorant to it. And so what I didn't realize was that on those two hikes, I was just kind of slamming my toes into the toe box and um, and so a few days later, I got, bru you know, my a few of my toenails were bruised. And, um, you know, when I saw the podiatrist subsequent to that, quite a long time after, they were still dark. And he was like, yeah, you might lose, you might lose one or two of those toenails. And I was like, what? <laughs> and that really kind of, you know, freaked me out and then, I did some more reading and I realized that, you know, a lot of runners and hikers, you know, have gone through that. They call it, I don't know, runner's toe or something. But, um, and I don't think it's painful at all. I think that, you know, I think the toenail just kind of like drops off and then it grows back eventually. But toenails take a long time to grow. Anyway, it just, it, it sounded like something I do not want to go through. So since then, um, I've really paid attention and that's why I like the boots I have, the Salomons, because, you know, a lot of room in the toe box. If you have too much room, then your feet are going to move around. So anyway, I think I digressed a little bit. So I'm going to go back to the trekking poles. So my, my conclusion was that I indeed wanted to take trekking poles and I was looking for them. Um, and I looked at them for, you know, for a while. And I started like, I wasn't stressing about it, but I was kind of stuck. I didn't know, should I get aluminum or carbon? And you know, what brand? And how much should I spend on them? And this and that. And then um, a friend of mine, my best friend, gave me, um, he got me a pair of trekking poles and they're really good ones. And they are trail buddies. And I had been looking at those also online and I hadn't pulled the trigger on them because I was kind of going back and forth between brands. And then he, so he got them for me, which was so nice and, you know, super cool. And, you know, I'm like, oh, so there you go. There, there are your poles, boom, done. And I haven't, you know, I haven't looked back and I haven't thought about it. Those are going with me to Nepal. And so I think I need to take that approach. And I, this is really long winded, I know and I'm kind of rambling and all over the place, but this is all to say that um, I think while it's a good thing to be detail-oriented and to plan everything out as much as possible, I also don't want to get mired down in minutia and, you know, to the point that it's actually a hindrance 
um, when I'm trying to decide on something. I think sometimes, as in many areas of life, I guess, um, you just kind of have to say, you know what, this is it, and I'm, and I'm going with this. So um, I think I have to start doing that with some of these lists. Um, and in particular, I think I'm going to have to do that when it comes to the clothing and the layers. Um, I won't compromise on, you know, the makeup. Like, you know, I will get the merino wool stuff, but I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to try not to stress over too much over the details of um, brand or whatever. Um, I think I just need to jump in and get the stuff and go. I mean, nothing is nothing bad is going to happen if I make a quick decision on some of the stuff. And um, speaking to that, um, I am going to go through my lists again, and I'm just going to simplify them. I'm not necessarily going to reduce them, but I'm just going to, you know, look at everything, make a decision in my mind, and note it if I have to, and then just make that happen. So. Um, I don't want to be stressing about stuff like this, you know, late, come late summer 2023. Um, I'm going to be stressed enough as it is with other things in life and also with the upcoming trip. So, um, anyway, that's just kind of a side note. Um, and let's see if there is anything else, um, I need to talk about right now. And, uh, you know, I don't think there's really anything else from the list. I mean, there's always going to be, like, little stuff. But none of it is significant enough to um, spend any time on here in the podcast. If it becomes, if they become important enough, I certainly will bring them up. But what I'm trying to do during, uh, during these episodes is um, try to hit the, the higher points, you know, the more significant points when it comes to the logistics and pulling everything all together for this. Um, And I'm really starting to realize the value of doing these podcast episodes. And even if nobody else is listening to them, I will listen to them from time to time. And um, I think I can gain and sustain motivation as I, you know, as I re-listen to them. And um, I think that's important because... You know, we all run up against things that that can be challenging. And um, I don't, you know, I've really been into this now for four months and I'm, I'm kind of surprised that I've stuck with it. Um, so for whatever it's worth, you know, that that is meaningful in some way. And so I want to continue that and I want to, you know, I don't want to lose the momentum that I have and I don't want to give up on this at all. And I want to do this track and I know it's going to be tough, but um, I want to I want to keep moving forward. So every episode I do is you know another step toward achieving the goal. And um, I will continue doing these episodes into 2023, and I will do them about once a month. Um, one of the big things I need to do is, and I told myself I was going to do this, is um, to join a gym for these, you know, at least for the next few months until I can um, be satisfied that I don't need to be in the gym anymore. But I don't, that sounds silly. I don't even know why I said that. But um, I do need to start um, working out in the gym, especially now that the weather has turned and it's just not super convenient to go out um, hiking 
um, with our, our current weather. Um, so I need to make up for that indoors. So I am going to be looking at that this weekend and I have a couple of bleeds um, as far as gym membership goes. So I'm going to continue to look at that and hopefully I'll, I'll be joining one soon. Um, let me just see if there was anything else and um, bear with me. I'm just kind of going through everything on my phone. As I said, I'm using my phone um, to coordinate all of this and it's been working really well. Um, packing, I don't think I need to mention anything about that. I think I know what I'm going to do with that. Um, I'm not talking about my feet this episode because I'm tired of talking about my feet. Um, and the boots I've talked about quite a bit. Training. Um, I don't think I need to... You know, I went through... Something I need to do, though... I need to start meditating, I think. And, and for other reasons, I... You know, I wanted to start meditating and it's actually part of my recovery and I, you know, I do it once in a while, but I don't do it often enough and I think it would help um, quite a bit for various reasons. So I'm going to do what I can to start meditating on a somewhat consistent basis. Um, I also want to work on abdominal breathing. And I think that is pronounced preanium. Uh, I don't know if I got that right, but from what I understand, correct breathing, especially when trekking at a high altitude, is really important. Um, so I need to look into that and have a couple people I can try to uh, brain pick um, to get information on the best way to get started with that. Uh, let's see. Yeah, looking at the numbers, um, since I started walking and hiking in mid-August, I have no idea if this is a lot or a little or somewhere in between, but I have specifically walked um, 143 miles just on like neighborhood walks and park walks and stuff, and I've hiked a total of just about 225 miles. So um, I don't know where that falls. Um, gosh, that's an average of 56 miles a month hiking. If I keep going down, that's about 14 miles a week. I don't know. I guess that's certainly for me that is significant um, and unexpected. But um, I know these numbers are accurate because every time I, I walk or hike, I, I note I note the mileage because I am keeping really close track on that. Um, so that is that. And let me just take one last look here. Um, yeah, no, I think that's it. So I think I'm going to wrap up the episode. And um, I know it's all kind of mundane, boring, boring kind of stuff. But um, I wanted to do one more episode in 2022 get back on track and also get myself situated for continuing the episodes into 2023 so I need to pick a day every month that uh, I'm going to do a new episode so I will be back in January sometime could be middle of the month it could be end of the month but um, I will be back in January sometime with episode 5 
So for now, um, thanks for listening and um, happy new year. Happy 2023 to everyone. I hope it's prosperous and healthy and um, I will see you back here in January. Okay. Take care.